I've lost count of the number of times that we've had to do this show with heavy hearts. Every day there seems to be more injustice and less empathy in the world, and this week was particularly bad, and it weighs on us, but we're here to talk about video games for the next 90 plus minutes, so that's what we're going to do. It's not easy for us to set aside what's going on in the world and talk about our hobby, but hopefully for the next little while we can all enjoy it together and focus on some positive things that we all love. So let's start that music. you are and however you happen to be listening we're so glad you've chosen to tune in the dlc your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week brooklinen the gaming ride home and squarespace squarespace they're bringing the show to you dlc of course the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who is also the host of the brand new official last of us podcast what mr christian spicer hello christian yeah, it's uh, it's announced. I, I don't. I I'm not sure I can say much more other than that. But the, there's an incredible trailer out that you can find on your podcast provider of choice. It is the official The Last of Us podcast, and the first episode drops June 9th. And I'm so very excited um, for people to hear what we've been making and what we've been doing. Secret thing that that was one of the secret things. There it is. Pretty big secret thing, dude. Pretty big. Yeah, it was. You want to? You want to talk? I mean, you got to talk to everybody, right? Every Druckman cast. Every this is amazing. Yeah, I think I can say what the trailer says. Uh, Neil Druckman, Ashley, and Troy um, Gustavo, who's the two-time Academy Award-winning composer, uh, also the composer on The Last of Us. It's a like I said, I can say what's in the trailer. It's real good. It's it's real good, everybody. I'm very excited. June 9th. Yes, it is on RSS, the official The Last of Us podcast. You can find it and listen to the trailer and get excited for June 9th. Our little host is all grows up. He's all grows Aww. up. You know, well, I'm real, I, dude, I could not be happier for you. It is the perfect person for the perfect project. What a dream job for you. It's your favorite video game of all time. It's uh, it's pretty inc- even even Ellie has to grow up sometime. You know what I mean. So even I had to grow up. But thank you, wow. man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. There's anyone that listens to this that possibly missed that announcement. Go listen to the trailer. You're going to be blown away. You're going to be like, what have these guys been doing on DLC this whole time? It's like this uh, rinky dink amateur hour. Uh, Christian graduated <laughs> to the big time. The real got just got production value and cool mute. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm very excited. Uh yeah. Well, more, I, I'll say more as it comes out and I'm allowed to say more. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll stay tuned for that. Um but we have we have a uh, a very fun exciting episode for you talking about 
new consoles, talking about games that we have been playing, and there are a lot of them. Uh, and we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Dice Learning and Coaching. Because we have Twitch streamer, Tiefling Warlock, and sometimes Dungeon Master of Rivals of Waterdeep, adjunct professor from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, and full-on math tutor, our friend Mr. Sharif Jackson is back with us. Hey, Sharif. Hey, hey, I need you to introduce me everywhere. Uh, like, I need you to just follow me and introduce me. That was awesome. Thank you. Well, you I know, when Christian that. moves on and becomes professional uh, Last of Us podcaster, and I, I'm, I'll be by myself, I'll, I'll need a new job. So maybe I can just be professor, professional uh, introduction man. Uh, for people oh i do oh. look forward to episode 3000 of the official the last of us podcast it's like okay in the opening scene we're talking about the speck of sand <laughs> hey man, people, people have done you know minute by minutes on on movies so there's no reason why you can't do that with a video game you know what i'm saying you I got like more a, minutes i feel like a lucky baby boy right now i'm in the middle like i can't imagine my brain cannot process the D and D quality that is joining me on this podcast today. Like both of you guys again, it's, I love this so much. It's I, this is going to be a fun episode and I promise to role play and do my best to keep up. <laughs> hey, Sharif, I wanted to ask you about that because you guys over at uh, rivals have transitioned to working at home as well. You used to do the show all sitting in the same room, right? And now mm-hmm. you've transitioned. Um, how are you finding that? I, I was checking out your, uh, your one shot where everybody goes to hell, which was really cool and fun. Um, how has the uh, how's the transition been for the team? Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, you know, we've had two years of sort of like, you know, you know, we had our thing. We would go, we'd meet in Chicago, and we'd do our thing, and we'd go out to eat after. And it, it it was more than a game, right? It was like we would bond and, you know, and like sometimes we'd go somewhere, you know, after in Chicago. So, yes, it was very different um, to uh, do that, even though, like for me, you know, I live in Milwaukee, so like technically – you know, I had no commute. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but it, it's still something to get used to. I mean, even though I've, you know, over the years I've done a ton of like streaming and stuff for my computer, um, you know, playing D and D, especially because I was the dungeon master during, um, most of the episodes, um, you know, uh, and having to, you know, I'm so used to going off of people's body language and yeah, sort of yeah. kind of the unsaid stuff. And you it's can still see part it, of it man. It's so different. Yeah, it's a huge part. To, being in the same room with people has, is a big difference. It really is. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, the game still came out like uh, fun and like stuff. Like I think we got to our groove. But the other part of it is that you know when we're at the studio, we have we have like an engineer Joe who does an awesome job with the sound and the video quality, and now that's kind of all on us. You know, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, like, it might not sound as clean as it usually does, but like our our like community is so great, and they've definitely still been supporting and like coming through and uh, letting us know um, that like they appreciate us still making uh, episodes even despite like you know everything that's going on in the world. So that's great. Uh, we, yeah. So we 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 uh, do have a well, actually, I I I, I guess I'll do the advertisements at the end of the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, please say it here. Say it now. I, uh, Rivals of Waterdeep is great fun, man. I I uh, I love what you guys are doing. So please do tell people where they can find it now. So like we have a one shot coming up this Sunday um, on uh, June seventh. Um, it will be a musical. 
What? Uh, yeah, it will be a it will be Undermountain the musical. Uh, oh my which, gosh, which, amazing! Which which I will be DM'd by uh, by by Latia Bryant, our newest rival. Um, she uh, has told us nothing <laughs> except that it will be super silly. Uh, so wait, that wait, should so be fun. Are you, do you guys have to make up songs on the fly, or is she bringing we songs? Have or how does no that work? Idea. We have <laughs> I love no it. idea. Oh my! Sharif, God. how is your snapping? Are you able to like <laughs> da, 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 and you could just be that person for the musical, or are you gonna have to like solo it? Yeah, I, I, man, I don't know, I don't know, um, but uh, it wow. should be interesting. Um, That's great. And and then our next like a uh, formal season, uh, season seven starts on. June twenty first, and like I'll I'll be DMing that season. Uh, awesome, so, man! So yeah. you're full on prep mode. Yeah, I'm in prep mode for sure. All right, well that sounds exciting, and people should definitely check that out again. Where where can they find that? Uh, you you can find the audio podcast at rivalsofwaterdeep.com, um, and the uh, video um, um, either at twitch.tv slash dnd. Um, or by going to the uh, D&D page on a YouTube. They have a playlist for Rivals of Waterdeep. You can check out all our episodes there. Great. That's very cool. All right. Well, let's jump in the show now and start the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. Jeff, hold on. Sorry. Sherry, feel free to use that if you need help with a musical. Just... Any of our bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Sorry to step on it. Get me to, you're just trying to get me to pay your royalties. I, I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's how we make the royalties. money on this show. Yeah. <laughs> and those all go to uh, Sean and uh, everybody who's done their thing. So we probably are in a lot of debt, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. But Sharif, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? So my story of the week actually kind of surprised me because it's not like the most exciting story, but I think it is like a testament as to where our current it industry is. And it's the fact that it was actually a big story that Sony mentioned that, uh, you know, that the PS5 is going to be a separate generation from PS4. That's going to have <laughs> exclusive games in their I, new piece of hardware that you cannot play on the PS4 and vice versa. Like, you know, every, everything on the PS4 won't be in the PS5. It, right. It was Isn't just interesting crazy? because, yeah, because like this used to be the norm, right? It was <laughs> that's like, you like know, yeah, that's a, what we would expect from a new console generation. And the, you're right. It's funny that it's like, there has to be something that has to be explicitly stated, and in, then also is kind of surprising. Is yeah, that? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it like reminds me of of uh, when the uh, PS4 came out, and like I suddenly said, "Hey, we just play games, y'all." You know, and like I was like, <laughs> "Well, I mean, yeah, everything plays games." You know, it, it's it's just weird because even though it does feel magic, like it felt like. As derided as the as the uh, Wii U was, um, it felt pretty good to be able to like you know play like old old uh, old uh, titles on it. 
Yeah, pop your um, Wii games into the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so like I understand that, you know, for that first six months or that first year where the uh you know, where like the new content is like kind of light. I can see the uh appeal of uh backwards compatibility. But to but but to me personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal mm. past that time. So yeah. I kinda like that Sony is kind of double down like yo like we're putting all of our energy into making this super powerful system and we're gonna use it you know yeah Um, yeah well the official uh statement actually from sony's jim ryan who was speaking to gi.biz he says uh, quote we have always said that we believe in generations we believe that when you go to all the trouble of creating a next-gen console it should include features and benefits that the previous generation does not include and that in our view People should make games that can make the most of those features. She said, whether it's the dual sense controller, whether it's the 3D audio, whether it's the multiple ways that the SSD can be used, we're thinking that it's time to give the PlayStation community something new, something different, something that can only really be enjoyed on PS5. Of course, this is a direct shot at, at Microsoft Series X, which is saying uh, explicitly there will be no series x exclusives for the first year of that console's life that everything will play across the family of xbox titles and i'm kind of with you sharif you know it i guess it's more consumer friendly to not force people to buy the new 400 500 box to play the new shiny game but i also feel like that's what's special about the new box is the new stuff that you can only play on this that, that really pushes of course, launch games don't really push the new hardware, but they show off some of the things that were not possible with the old hardware and just having it be a little bit of, you know, extra extra shiny or faster loading on stuff that you can also play on older generations doesn't really feel as special to me. But but maybe I'm in an old paradigm. You know, maybe I'm just used to, like you said, this was the norm our entire lives. You can't play... Super Nintendo games on the NES, you know, you can't play PlayStation two games on the PlayStation. So uh, maybe I'm just in an old paradigm, but I kind of feel like it does feel more special to be like, Oh, the PS five can do PS five things. And there are these special games that come out at launch time, you know, mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, Christian, where do you fall on this? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a weird messaging because we've had, we have had this before. It was just done differently. We're like, gun came out on xbox and xbox 360 or you know whatever there's been like these cross the uh, assassin's creed black flag got an xbox one release and an xbox 360 release um right and playstation as well where it's like cross many of the zeldas many of the zeldas but also yeah. those were different SKUs, right those Correct. were completely different SKUs. it's not like the same game works on either one but i right. feel like and I could be wrong here, but I feel like to some extent the Microsoft ones are also going to be different air quote SKUs. It would just be basically you put your disc in if you if it, you get a disc and then you will download the, the right game, right? With like smart select <laughs> or whatever it is where what's, yeah, there's some shared code that's on the disc, but the special things you need to run it on Series X are pulled from the internet and it gives you that version so it knows, you know, which version of the console the disc is going in. To some extent, it's like if you can still find a, pc game on a disc and if your pc still has a (laughs) disc drive you know you put you put that thing in and it doesn't say oh sorry you bought the 1060 version 
you have a 2080 <laughs> Ti, but it doesn't work. You know, like you get yeah. all of the stuff. So I, I'm just totally guessing. But I think that could be something similar to what Xbox is doing. But I also agree with you both that like, I, I, I want to see games that only air quote, even if it's only air quote, like they're only possible on the new hardware. And I think that's exciting. I do remember um, Killzone... Warzone? No, what was it called? The, the PS4 kill, launch Killzone. Um, Two? Term- <laughs> no, PS4. No, no, was, oh, yeah. PS4, sorry. I forgot the name of it. but yeah. It was like Killzone yeah, and then it had a subtitle. Um, whatever it is. But I, I remember that had like quick play. Like you didn't need to fully load before you could play that first kind of open world level, which was a beautiful level when it came out. And I remember doing like um, Sleep mode or whatever like i remember there were games that did those things and highlighted those things then over the generation (laughs) they became harder to do because it's like you're playing uh, any game that's always connected and then (laughs) then you put it to sleep and then you join the division again and it's like well we lost internet connection so we're taking you back to the title screen it's like okay (laughs) but i'm excited like I, i think i said this last week i'm blown away with what Sony has done with their first party studios on their hardware. I think we talked about it for God of War, where it's like, how is this on a console yeah. that's eight years old? I'm exaggerating. And my PC, yeah, Christian, we can no longer new, believe good. Christian, we can no longer believe anything you say about Sony now because you are an inside man. You've uh, right. you're a company man now, so therefore, man. you know, that, what are we to believe? That is true. The podcast is a, a Sony production. So anything I say when I'm allowed to say, if I talk about Last of Us Part Two on here at all, um, please know that yes, I was compensated uh, to do that podcast. So I don't think, but <laughs> I don't think it would shock anyone on the show if, when The Last of Us Part Two comes out, I say I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> Um, I should note, as we talk about these games that will be PlayStation 5 exclusive and not work on PlayStation 4, the opposite is not going to be true, uh, at least for games that will be coming out at the end of the year and the beginning of 2021, because uh, also announced this week, uh, any game that is going into certification as a PlayStation 4 game as of July 13th this year will have to also work on the PlayStation 5. Uh, of course, this does include Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, but any third parties that say, hey, I'm making a PlayStation 4 game, I'd like you to certify it for your system certification, of course, the process that all games have to go through to be allowed to be on these platforms. Uh, any, any third party that wants to have their game on the PlayStation 4 platform that comes out in that window, it has to also make sure it works. They, they have to make sure it works on uh, PlayStation 5. So I guess that's good, right? So there if you've got a PlayStation 5 and there's a cool PlayStation 4 game that comes out, we know that it's going to it's going to have to work. So that's good. Right? Everybody? You agree? Yeah, yeah but again, yeah. it feels weird to make that announcement. <laughs> it's like it does feel yeah, good, it's but it's like any game that I thought it was after July also. I thought it was the under was what when I the read. certification certification July 13th. Yes. Okay, so got it. So you start the certification July 13th. That process can take a while. It you know, it's, it takes different amount of times for different games, but it can be a process that can take a few months. Yeah. 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 All right, Christian. So what is your story of the week? Other than it, check out an, my new podcast. There's an official The Last of Us podcast. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> Dropping on June 9th. Um, I think for me, it's, it's, um, 
you know, exciting and depressing at the same time. There was the, I don't know if it was a drone shot. Drones are wild, man. I know we've had drones for a long time, but still drones blow my mind and the quality of video and uh, stills we're able to get from them. All that to be said, Super Nintendo World, uh, Universal Studios Japan, like we're getting our first real looks at it. And maybe, I think Japan is, is I don't, actually I haven't followed it. This would just be speculation. I hope Japan is doing better than the United States is in terms of coronavirus. I, I don't know. My ignorance and... Um, the crushing every day that's happening here right now has prevented me from being a diligent world citizen. Um, I hope they're doing better and I hope this opens. I'm rambling. The pictures looked awesome. What I'm trying to say is I want theme parks to be safe and I want to go there and I'm excited for it to hopefully come to Los Angeles. Cause I don't know if you all have looked at these pictures, but when I saw kind of the leaked sketches, I was like, yes, okay. But now seeing these pictures along with what Lego did and kind of the thoughts of what, Universal Studios is trying to do with like interactivity in the world. I think this looks incredible. I'm curious, Sharif, if you've looked at these pictures and kind of what your thoughts are. I'm I'm shocked that it wasn't your story of the week, Sharif. I know how big of a Nintendo fan you are. That's yeah, right. it, it was yeah. kind of, it, it was kind of an easy pick, so I I kind of tried to challenge myself <laughs> a little bit. You wanted um, to zag while we zigged. Yeah, but I think you know the one thing that gets me about the the photos that they released. Or the colors, the colors yeah. are just spot. Like it looks like I'm looking at like Mario sixty four. Like yeah. it is nuts. Is that like, like you have to go week got, one to have it look like that? Like week two, it looks like Legoland. <laughs> got, you know, it's like it's faded. Bird droppings on everything. And, and I love Legoland, but Legoland is not as pristine as Disney. Like if you go to the two, you're like, oh, that's right, this is Legoland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just love the colors and. One thing I did when I saw it was I immediately started looking for pipes. I was like, yeah. where are the pipes? And there they are have some, some pipes. There are some, yes. They have some pipes. You know? There's not, You're going to have not pipes also, uh, but... next week on uh, Rivals. <laughs> singing vocal pipes. Ah. Yeah, those pipes. I, I, I do have to do some warm-up routines, guys. <laughs> I mean, it does look like... You know, it's, they call it Super Nintendo World, but it kind of just looks like Super Mario World, right? It it just looks like all Mario. There, I'm I'm staring at it right now, and it looks like there are several different zones that look yeah. like they correspond to worlds in Mario. And the bottom left, there looks like there's the Bowser Castle. That's absolutely Bowser for sure. Oh it's my god. Bowser. It's so cool. And in the top, it's got like the sand levels, you know, the deserty levels. And there looks like, um, uh, you know, it's, they've got the the trees that look like Mario 64 trees. And there seems to be some sort of bridge with a with a ride, like a log ride or something through it. Um, it just looks so cool. Yeah, I'm totally down for this. I hope to think that and, this is step one and imagine if like LA got Hyrule Castle or something. You know why like Disney mm. Orlando versus Disney LA or Anaheim have different the different castles? Like if this goes well and is allowed to open, I have to imagine they expand and there's you know, Metroid, Star Fox, um everything. Everything. It's but Mario mm. makes sense as the the big thing that you do first because, you know, that's what Nintendo is. That's the iconography of Nintendo to so many people. Yeah. Uh, Sharif, do you have like a a ride or experience that you would think would be essential if you're doing a theme park like this? 
Well, I mean, Mario Kart's the obvious one, right? Have some bumper cars <laughs> yeah. or like a go-kart track or something. I mean, that would just be awesome. Like, especially if they somehow, I don't know how they could do this, but incorporate like items. Somehow. Oh my gosh. I mean, Giant banana be... peels on the on the track and stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think like that's the, like, uh, the obvious one, but I would love if they somehow, um, and I don't know if they can have this since this is probably like oriented toward kids, but like those like things that, that, that like kind of like those big like wind tunnels that kind of like blow you like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like uh, indoor skydiving or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how cool would it be if like you put on like a, like a super Mario war cape or like raccoon ears and tail oh, man. And you can like fly up in the air and float down. Like, Oh man, that would be so awesome. Oh, you just kind of, blew my mind on just the uh, merchandising angle of um you know you go to disneyland and, and you can get all the princess outfits or you can get you know stormtrooper outfits and stuff uh doing doing the different mario outfits as purchasables inside you know you get the all the different ones fireball you know white overalls and you get uh you know like you said the raccoon suit and the cave oh it'd be so cool yep i'm down and Christian, I think you mentioned it is coming to Los Angeles. So the I think the only United States location where this is currently planned is for Universal Studios Hollywood, which is hop, skip, and a jump from where we live. But I mean, they haven't even broke ground on that. So who knows when that'll be completed? This one in Japan, the uh, the uh, Universal Studios Japan uh, is set to be opening. They say in 2021, but like you said, who knows? based on the state of the world and, you know, large groups of people in the same place, who knows how that'll yeah. affect things over the next year. But, um, man, makes me want to just take a trip to Japan just to check it out. looks really cool. I mean, there might be a pipe that takes you right to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so convenient. Uh, Christian, I want to ask you the same question. Is there any other like, uh, attraction that comes to mind that you feel like would be a essential Super Mario or Super Nintendo World attraction? I mean, I'm thinking of what fun rides could be. So I think Pilot Wings or F Zero would be oh, man. F-Zero, yeah. absolutely incredible. And then I'd love to see a, I don't know what they would do for the Zelda world around besides the castle, but I think the two that jump out at me, yeah, would be like F Zero. I mean, that, there's so many different takes you could do, just like an incredible roller coaster, even where you start off and you just get launched out. Um, and then pilot wings, I think you could do something similar to like Soren over the world or Soren over California. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what they do, but I'm I'm very excited for it. And I think in very different IP, but they did a really good job with Harry Potter um, at Universal. So I, I and it looks like this is also going to be handled with the utmost care and attention to detail, and that's very exciting. Talking about Zelda, it makes me want to hope that they do an entire land. It feels Zelda feels like it should be like, you know, a Star Wars land. It should mm-hmm. feel or a Toontown, you know, it should be a, a whole area into an, itself, not just one attraction inside Super Nintendo World. It feels like looking at this, th- by the way, these are, you know, leaked screenshots that were on Instagram. That I think that, as you said, were taken by a drone. Uh, nothing official yet from Universal Studios, but uh, you get a real good view of what it is. And And like we've been describing... It really does look like most of it is themed around Mario. And it just makes me want to have, as you said, its own section, like a multi-attraction Zelda area as well. And have, 
each of the properties have their own land and not just their own ride. That would be so cool. <sighs> Super cool. I mean, I kind of kind of feel like wasn't there for a while a a plan of making a Nintendo theme park like its own theme park instead of being part of Universal Studios? Feels like if they had done it like this, it would have been a success. But who knows? Yeah. All right. Yeah, th- I think I do remember hearing that, like that, like they that, like there was like rumors about. I don't know if it was anything ever officially announced, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Certainly exciting. Um. Well, boy, my story of the week. I think I'm going to go with the Borderlands movie because uh, it is. It is happening. It is being directed by Eli Roth, of all people. So one imagines it will be maybe rated R, at least PG-13. Borderlands, of course, is an M-rated game. So certainly a rated R film adaptation would would make sense. Uh, And now we hear that the lead role of Lilith has been cast and it will be played by none other, none other than Kate Blanchett, one of my favorite actors, yeah. uh, who can I think do anything. She's extraordinary. I think Academy Award winning Kate Blanchett, certainly nominated. I, I think she won. Um, but uh, I'm pretty surprised to have Kate Blanchett. She, of course, have been in genre things before. She was in the the very bad. We don't want to even think about it. Indiana Jones movie, um, <laughs> playing a very broad villain. But this certainly seems like a role that you wouldn't imagine a star of her caliber accepting. And yet here we are, uh, evidently uh, the official announcement, Eli Roth saying, I'm so lucky to have the amazing Kate Blanchett starring in Borderlands. We had the most incredible collaboration together on the house with the clock in its walls. And I believe there's nothing she can't do. Um, so my question to you, Sharif, uh, does this make you more excited about Borderlands and does it change your idea of what it might be like? Um, I too was a little shocked that, uh, Kate was in it. I mean, I, I think she's a, a fantastic actress. I loved her. Um, I guess I think the last thing I saw her was in Ragnarok, I think, which I really liked her mm. in a lot. Yeah. Another, um, another genre thing where she's kind of playing broad. So she, yeah, she can do anything. Yeah, but I am just just don't think this movie can be good. Like I, I am, <laughs> like I am just trying to be optimistic. Like I want to see more takes on video game properties, and I am encouraged that like Randy Pitchford is part of the executive like producer team, so they actually have someone that knows the like a property, and it's not just like licensed, and they're gonna tr- try to do it. Um, but I just. Something about it, and I don't know, I can't even quite put words to it, but something about it just tells me that that it's not going to come together in film form. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish I had a more educated and coherent reason for why. Um, <laughs> well, it's certainly the track record for movies like these uh, is not good, um, movies based on video games. I mean, we saw this year, one of the very few films that actually has come out in in this strange COVID year. Uh, is Sonic the Hedgehog, which I liked, I thought was very yeah. good and surprisingly, yeah, yeah surprisingly fun. good for a video game movie. And it it also, I mean, we talked about it on this show. I had the same feeling of like Jim Carrey is going to be in the Sonic movie. That's it. Just <laughs> seems like a disproportionate level of talent for the for the IP. And yet, I thought he was great as uh, Doctor Eggman and and uh, really 
it, it was kind of a throwback to an old style of Jim Carrey that I remember loving. And it yes. worked, you know, it worked. So, I mean, is there any, you see any uh, hope in that? I mean, I think to me, it's more the idea of Borderlands works better as an interactive medium than a movie. Like, I feel like yeah. just the content of it makes for like a ho-hum movie that's been done a lot already. Yeah. Um, yeah. Post-apocalyptic. So, yeah. 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 So, so, so like, that's my worry is that they, they'll have to have some just really, really strong original narrative that I think is beyond and outside and beyond the game. Uh, what, what the game has done to be like successful as like a two hour movie. Um, that's, that's kind of what it comes down to. Like for me, um, yeah. I think that they'll do the best job that, that they can. Like, I know that Kate for sure is not going to like mail it in or anything. Um, but like, I just worry about just like inherently, like, I feel like this just works better as a game. Yeah, boy, I feel that. And, and Christian, you and I are not, uh, the biggest Borderland super fans. And I'm sure there are a lot of Borderland super fans that know the story inside and out and maybe have affection for the story. But I wonder what you think makes a Borderlands movie, a Borderlands movie. Like what are the essential elements other than the post-apocalyptic setting? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think if I'm looking at a movie that exists, I think it's Fifth Element. I think, like, Mm. I like Fifth Element, and I think something, I haven't rewatched it in in years, but I remember really liking it, and I think of it fondly. And I think something like that, but where the objective is uh, opening a vault, you know, like getting this thing, or it's like treasure hunting. I think also um, National Treasure, uh, is that the, um, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Cage. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, like though it's like I think it'd be a fun adventuring thing that like that has, doesn't take itself too seriously kind of thing. Yeah, and hopefully it is a little more self-aware than the, I found Borderlands 3 to be. Um but I think if it hits those notes right, I think it could be a really fun kind of bombastic adventure where they're going out and having a good time. I think also we mentioned she was in um Ragnarok. I think that is a very similar tone to what I could expect from a Borderlands movie where, you know, Thor and Hulk are having fun and partnering up and smashing stuff. And I think something very similar to that globe trotting in this fun, bright, colorful world. Um, You know, I hope it learned everything from the resident evil movies and it isn't that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if, if they were telling me that Taika Waititi was directing it, I'd be like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. You know, but uh, but hopefully it has that tone. And Eli Roth is an accomplished director. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his stuff, but um, maybe, you know, maybe they will be able to make it fun and self-aware and silly and and still have this adventure element and this level of action that is uh, that makes a great movie. I, you know, I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for it. I, I'm not a huge fan of the franchise, but I've had lots of fun playing those games. So. I'm rooting um, I just hope that- to make it. Like, does everybody just go to New Zealand and every shoot takes a month longer because you have to just quarantine for a month and then you shoot? Like, I no, don't everyone know. shoots uh, in their own homes on the green screen and then they <laughs> composite them together. <laughs> uh, actually, haven't you? Have you guys seen that? There's a, a bunch of articles about how basically that's how they made. Um, I mean, not at home together, but they they can do the real time compositing with. Basically, like uh, using Unreal Engine, they can 
real-time composite people on green screen into virtual backgrounds. And that's how they did um, something just recently that Jon Favreau was involved in. Well, the Mandalorian, they had instead of green screens, yeah. instead yeah. of green screens or painted sets, they just had virtual backdrops that like moved and animated that people got to act against. It's incredible. Oh. And it was all real-time Unreal Engine stuff. It's crazy. So, wow. you know. I didn't know, you know that. This. Yeah, it's wild. And you see, you know, that Unreal Engine 5 demo where they're oh, like, yeah. we are using the same assets that Hollywood uses. I think we're very close to the idea of it all being real time. And I think, I mean, I think James Cameron is already doing some of that stuff with Avatar sequels where he's looking through the camera and seeing very close to real, I mean, you know, very close to, to um, film quality visuals in the camera where he has people mo-capping and then he looks through the camera and sees, you know, the background that they're going to put in uh, eventually so he can composite the shot without having to use his imagination to know where everything's going to be. It's it's wild. And so, you know, there's <laughs> I'm saying that tongue, tongue in cheek and it is tongue in cheek, but I don't think we're far away from all of the elements being shot separately and compositing and who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, um, cautiously optimistic, I guess. And as you said, we're far away from a Borderlands film, but it's uh, Kate Blanchett makes me sit up and take notice for sure. Not not that she has never been in a bad movie. I will refer you again to that Indiana Jones film, but <laughs> Uh, which has a director also not video game related but indy 5 got uh that's a slash film cast story sorry you can save it for later it's okay i'll uh we will people can <laughs> listen to that um all right uh let's move on and talk about some of the games that we have been playing but first i want to thank our first sponsor which is squarespace oh my goodness you've heard me talk about squarespace for a long time it's because i've been using squarespace for a long time i've been recommending Squarespace for a long time, over a decade. In fact, uh, jeffcanada.com built, housed on Squarespace. Anybody who asks me about building a website, I always say Squarespace is the only thing you need to know. It is so simple. The tools are so powerful and yet so easy to use that you can make any website you need. Do you need to sell something? They got e-commerce. You just plug it right into your website. It turns it into a storefront. It's so simple. Do you want to do a blog? Do you want to publish content? It, it, it just announce something to anybody it is so simple so easy to use you can make it yourself you don't have to pay someone you don't have to learn html you can just do their WYSIWYG. what you see is what you get tools and uh make it yourself which is so satisfying saves you money saves you headaches plus it's all optimized for mobile right out of the box you don't have to worry about people visiting your site on their cell phones it all works. You never have to update or patch anything. That's all handled for you in the background. Uh, and if you ever run into any problems, they have award-winning 24-7 support so you can get quick and good answers to your questions. It's just the best way to have a website. Plus, if you want to buy your domain there, they have over 200 extensions to choose from. So uh, you can get it, the domain you want exactly how you need it. So simply, so well. And plus, because you heard about it here, when you go and you check out squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me, get yourself a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch your site, use our offer code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain and let them know you heard it here, which helps us out and we appreciate it very, very much. Again, that's squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. 
and the promo code Jeff sent me at checkout to save yourself 10% off. Time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Sharif, what's been on your playlist as of late? Uh, what I've been playing the most of, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, that they released their first, uh, big story DLC. Um, they've been dropping like new characters and stuff over the past, uh, couple months, but, uh, this is actually an expansion of the story, which I believe is the first for a Mortal Kombat, uh, game. Um, and if you're into sort of the silliness of a Mortal Kombat story, it's pretty good. Um, you know, I mean, they pretty much, you know, they keep it like the same kind of tone when there's a whole bunch of time travel, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, people fighting and, uh, spoiler alert, pretty gory. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, if you enjoy Mortal Kombat, I mean, I think it's really good. Um, you know, I, I, I finished the, uh, the uh, new uh, story and like it was, I enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, um, I like also enjoyed that, that they added like friendships back to the game. Big, big fan of yeah. friendships. Friendship and they actually, yeah. One thing about Mortal Kombat is, you know, as the years have, have gone on, like the fatalities have gotten more and more like detailed. And I was really happy that they got these friendships. They really, really like, put a lot of detail into them like they put a lot of effort into them like they're really good yeah, yeah. I, I i mean i the nether realms knocks it out of the park every time it seems with uh with their big releases and now these dlc releases seem to have the same high level of quality and depth of content i mean i i haven't played it myself but i'm reading and hearing you guys talk about uh the length of the the dlc story content i love i love the fact that there's actually good story content in a fighting game. It just seems so rare. <laughs> Nether Realm seems to be the only people doing it consistently. Uh, and it's cool that they actually put that kind of thing into this DLC content as well. And actually a, a long, interesting campaign, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah. I'll go maybe a step further than Sharif. I, I loved it. Maybe like three hours. Did we both? Did you play it on Switch also? Yes, I did. Yeah, so you guys both played it on Switch. Oh my gosh! Sorry, Nether Realm uh, employees that are rolling their eyes, but I'm so glad you As put it out. Was meant to be played. I'm glad you put it out on <laughs> Switch. I, I mean, it's it's a really good story. Like it's it's you know continues the incredible storytelling they've been telling over these past few games. And I I know they're making a Mortal Kombat movie, but like I feel like I have a great one already. Like the cutscenes, the anima- the animations, like the fight styles that everybody has in those buildups in between fights are just jaw dropping. And then the, the fighting itself, I really like the new characters. I want to spend some more time with RoboCop who spoiler is not in the narrative, which a lot of those guest characters aren't. So that makes sense, but it's really well done. Like it is a full package extra, you know, add on story to the game that tells a really, really great narrative. And I want to play through it a couple more times and it's just, it's it's really fun to play and it's very interesting and compelling to watch and enjoy also. It's really well done. I love the fact that you framed it like uh you know you're you're getting that Mortal Kombat movie now. It, it does look like especially with Mortal Kombat 11 and the Last Injustice game, 
it does look like people were dressed up in costumes to, to to make that game, which is wild because that's how the original Mortal Kombat was made. Uh, the CG is so good, and it does look and the and the and the performance capture, the methods they use to get the performance capture is so authentic looking. Uh, it does look like it's real people with face paint on or whatever, and that's it's. I think that watching a story like that, I would never have thought. I would like, right? Because it's so broad. And as you said, Sharif, so gory and so over the top in so many ways that you feel that it needs to be abstracted or stylized in some artistic way. And yet making it look like real people doing this is so much more fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And like also uh, for some reason, Robocop, is uh, a character now yeah. uh, in the game. And I'm talking about like classy, classic 80s Robocop, not like that awful remake that they made uh, uh, maybe like five years ago or so. Right. Um, so to see Robocop like performing fatalities on folks is really strange. Yeah. And um, I, they got uh, they got Peter Weller to do the voice, right? They actually got yep. the real Peter Weller. Yeah. 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 So it feels really weird to play with him, but he has some really good moves. He has some really good. Moves. I mean, RoboCop, and especially RoboCop Two, is pretty gory. So yes, it, it kind of fits for me. But I do love, and I think they did a trailer for it. But like RoboCop versus Arnold, um, yeah, versus Terminator, it's just such a fun fight that like you know exists, and I like that it exists in Mortal Kombat. I, I thought DC, whatever that DC one was, was pretty well done. But they scaled it back to be DC. But now it's like this has a brutal Joker in it. Um, right. I found all the DLC characters to be really fun to play with and, and fit the world. Well, it's yeah. I mean, I think you can get the whole thing right now and aftermath for like 60 bucks or something like that. Like the base game characters and aftermath DLC. Oh, it's if totally worth it. Yeah. If you're looking for something to play, I, I highly recommend Mortal Kombat 11 and aftermath. It's really well done. Very cool. Very cool. Makes me want to, makes me want to dip back into that game. Uh, Sharif, what else have you been playing? Uh, finally getting into Ori will of the wisps. Um, mm. I had never finished Ori in the blind forest. I like thought I did, but <laughs> like, uh, but like I had just played enough of it and was really satisfied. And I guess I put it down. Um, so, so I didn't find that out until will of the wisps came out. So like, I was like, man, I, I got to finish the uh, blind forest. So, so like I went ahead and like I finished that, which uh, by the way has a pretty brutal final level. Like I, it took me kind of a while to uh, to get through like the final sequence. Um, so I've been uh, diving into Will of of the Whiffs, and wow, like what an amazing like presentation for that game. Like even if you knew nothing about like video games, if I put that game in front of you, like you'd be like, this looks yeah. and sounds great. Like I can yeah. feel the emotions. I can feel the passion from the devs. Like just, it just, it just puts a smile on my face. You know, yeah. it's just a fantastic game and the gameplay. I think they made some great, um, if improvements on it to make it a little more, a, a little more accessible, I think, um, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm about maybe, uh, that far into it. I'm maybe a few hours into it, but I'm really, really happy with it really happy with it. yeah you're, you're so right about all the attention to detail um all the animations the tiny little uh features of animation the the bits that 
connect moments together that just seem like over and above what is necessary. It, it, it just makes the game shine. And, you know, we're clearly going to be bombarded in the next several months with all of these incredible AAA games, you know, your last of us and your uh, cyberpunks and all these games that are coming down the pike. I hope that we all don't forget Ori and the Will of the Wisps at the end of the year, because uh, I think it, it, it certainly right now is in very near the top of my top five uh, games of the year. And it, you know, I, I hope it holds on to one of those spots. It's, it's unfortunate how early in the year it came out. It may be one of those things that is a, a victim of its release date for people's memory, but um, it, it really deserves all of the accolades it got. And it deserves to be spoken of again, I think at the end of the year when we're talking best games of 2020, because it's so good. And I, we had a, somebody else on the show. I think, was it Lana who came on and talked to having played them back to back like you are uh, Sharif and it's such an interesting juxtaposition playing the game and, and it's a sequel back to back um I have mentioned on the show that I sort of bounced off the blind forest didn't really play it very much uh and and then loved will of the wisps but it's so interesting to me to hear people who have played them in close proximity like you have Sharif and seeing uh in stark relief those little improvements and how the game has been tweaked and, and um, you know, hearing you come away saying it's really has improved that formula. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's improved an already fantastic game. Um, it just makes it at least on the early side, a lot less frustrating. I think, um, you know, uh, because yeah. like because the blind forest can get pretty brutal in uh, some parts with the uh, frustration levels of, uh, of uh you know almost in like a celeste kind of way in terms of trying yeah. to get through stuff so um, christian you never really you, you never really played will the wisp as much as you were looking forward to it you didn't really ever spend a lot of time with it right yeah i kind of got into it and then i had the frame rate issues on playing it on a base xbox and um and then other things just kind of came in and i haven't gone back to it i do have it loaded onto my pc now that i'm kind of set up and you know moved and i keep meaning to fire it up, but I keep finding something else to play. I don't know what it is. It just seemed like it kind of fell in a weird gap for me. Yeah, that happens. I've certainly had that happen for me too, but it just seems like so much your jam, you know, it's, it's, it's your, your stuff. I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's on game pass anytime you want. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just go yeah. fire it up. Um, yeah. Also been, uh, playing, uh, streets of rage four. Speaking of Game Pass, uh, right? Speaking of Game Pass as well, um, just another, just a fantastic love letter to, to that series, but also feels fresh and new. Um, I think they did a fantastic job with with this game. I played it about maybe a year and a half ago, like kind of like a early, earlier version, and it felt pretty good. Um, but I was still a little worried about how they would actually kind of like bring it all together but man they really did um they like got even uh, koshiru to like do a couple of like music tracks on it um i mean the music's great great unlockables great like uh easter eggs that like transport you back into the, the like original games i mean just really really thoughtful and like a fun game and it really is it really feels like a beat-em-up that was made like today as opposed mm -hmm. to like bringing a 16-bit game into the future like it it like has some smart um updates um and yeah i've, I've just enjoyed it um 
I've like unlocked all the characters. <laughs> I think it's impressive uh, how differently the characters feel from each other because yeah. back in those days, I don't remember any of the characters really mattering. You know, I guess it was slight differences if you played, you know, I don't even remember the characters. Everyone from the remembers like, Skate as the best. It's okay. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> I did uh, love Skate. Yeah, I guess there was differences, but it feels like they have heightened the the difference in choosing a character. So maybe I'm just misremembering the old days. Was it always like that? Uh, no, no, I I agree that in general, I think in most like beat 'em ups, there's not that much of a difference. I mean, I mean the uh, biggest kind of difference is like a final fight, like a like a Hagar versus Cody, like a yeah a big wrestler versus kind of like a nimble person. Like, but like in general, you you like kind of do the same thing but the interesting thing i find about the characters in streets of rage 4 is when you start to unlock like the older versions of the characters are how those differ from the newer versions so it's interesting to like uh play like you know the the streets of rage 1 axle she's Rage 2 axle she's Rage 3 axle and how hmm. like they kept all the nuances of how that character played but it still works in the new combat system like it's really it's like really incredible. Like I'm, I mean, like they must have had to test that a lot to keep that feel, but it's still like, you know, um, um, it like, doesn't feel like you're like playing this like dated clunky, uh, char- character, even if like you looked at the pixelation, it looks like that. Like it's, yeah. it's, like it's just that. really smartly done. That's cool. really well done. I like the way they updated like the special move also, where it's kind of a roll the dice. Like it's almost like trusting your own skill. Or typically in a lot of these old brawlers, you know, you you hit A and B at the same time and use your special move, and it will take out people around you on screen, but it also hurts you a little bit. In Streets of Rage Four, that happens. Uh, you know, it's a cool move. Everybody has their own, but then it also hurts you a little bit. But it hurts you it's not like final hurt, you know, it's almost like you you see the health bar go down, but then if you beat people up again before someone else hits you, you can earn all that health back. So I don't want to say it's pure skill. Like if you're skilled enough, you can earn all your health back because it still feels like it has cheap hits to me, which feels authentic to a brawler. Um, (laughs) But if you're skilled and lucky enough, you can use your special and uh, get that health right back, which I feel like is a really cool, risk reward yo-yo effect that they that they brought into the game that makes it feel more modern as well yeah yeah yep yeah and the 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 last game i'm playing another beat-em-up uh treachery and beatdown city which uh which is a uh indie game that launched on the pc and switch um and this is really interesting juxtaposition of like a 8-bit era kind of double dragon beat him up in like a turn-based rpg game huh that's yes. cool yeah so like uh as you go up to people it pauses as if you're playing like final fantasy and it brings up like uh all your attacks your uh sp- special moves your like a healing buffs, ah. and like uh you you can choose to like uh spend like uh, this many like fighting points on this and that um it, it actually Clever. works well yeah huh. yeah yeah it it like it works well um you know it's it's like a game that, that like i've seen in like a development for like a number of years from like a friend of mine uh sean alexander allen um and it's also a really good like uh depiction of like 
the diversity of New York and it makes a, mm. a really big deal. Like you're fighting against like corrupt, like uh, corrupt cops and corrupt politicians and like uh, gentrifiers and that kind of stuff. Um, hmm. So, so yeah, it's, it's like a pretty good, um, you know, it's, it's like not like a major release, but um, I think it deserves a lot more shine because I, I really enjoyed it. I like, I just pulled it up here on steam. I like that it, the description when the president Blake Orama is kidnapped by the ninja dragon terrorist. It's up to you to get him back. Yep. That's pretty funny. Uh, That's right. uh, I, what a clever idea to, to mix that brawler style with a uh, turn-based, you know, I'm such a fan of turn-based. That's a cool, I perked up when you said that this looks neat. Uh, and it's got yeah. like, you said, like a sort of a 16 bit or eight bit kind of aesthetic to it. It's cool. Yeah. It does not seem like it would work on paper, but it works and it makes fights really challenging because like they like kind of, they like slowly train you and, and then they just t- take the training wheels off and you're fighting like two, three, four guys. And there's like, you know, um, you know, you, you, you like have to like manage all this meter and like all this stuff. It, it was really fun and really like uh, rewarding as well. So yeah, I would, I would, uh, Definitely recommend it. I think it's only like like uh, twenty tw- bucks, twenty yeah. bucks or so. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. nineteen ninety nine here on Steam. Treachery in Beatdown City. Yes. Cool. First time I'd heard of it. Really cool. Yeah, uh, fun. Christian Spicer, what's been on your playlist? Well, we talked Mortal Kombat Eleven Aftermath. Uh, still incredible. Uh, as I mentioned it again now. And the only other thing that I'm play that i can talk about is yeah you have played something else haven't you you've Mine- played Minecraft. another game if there was only some way we could figure out what game it was <laughs> oh, what game could it be that christian has played that he can't talk about i can talk about minecraft dungeons <laughs> <laughs> speaking of game pass um mm. Yeah, let's talk about Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've maybe put Christian, in... if if the game that you can't talk about is incredible, say nothing over the next <laughs> second and a half. <laughs> oh, laugh! Minecraft I can't Dungeon, I don't know how to interpret that. Um, uh, I've maybe played probably a little under four hours of it. And I played maybe like an hour and a half of it last night on stream uh, while you, Tim, and I were chatting, Jeff. That's and right. It, I so one. I need to say, I really, I really like Minecraft Dungeons. I think it is similar to how we talked about Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Eleven Aftermath, where it's like it's not phoned in at all. Like this is the real deal. It's the same production quality as the main game. It's a really awesome story. The new characters look great. Like Minecraft, yeah, it's not like a. It it, it could have been just like this palette swap or you know shovelware. Let's stick the Minecraft yes. aesthetic on something pretty crappy. It could definitely have been that. Yes, and I think this too, you know, Microsoft-owned studio, kind of like Gears Tactics, like another game that shifts the genre of a major franchise and does it with care and quality, and that's what Minecraft Dungeons feels like to me. It is a Diablo-esque style game, um, but beautiful. Like, I'm I'm getting greedy now, and I just want to see ray tracing come to it, (laughs) 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 because now that I've seen it in, in Minecraft, but like the particle effects, the explosions, like there's like, you get it pretty early on. At least I did like a firework uh, arrow that you can shoot. And when that goes off, it's like this, like cool little pop. Um, And like the different areas of the world all feel very unique. And it has nice, 
Diablo style gear upgrade and equipping your character and specking out before you go like handled really, really well. I find the story to be engaging and and fun, kind of like self-aware tongue in cheek a little bit. I don't know where it goes. I don't know if it falls flat or I'm hoping it gets better because I think it's been good so far. Um, And I say all that then to add, I had read, you know, like, oh, it's Diablo for kids or maybe family friendly Diablo. I think it's hard, like straight up hard. Like last night I was distracted. You, Tim and I were having a great chat. I was not doing well. I have gone back like, and maybe I'm not grinding enough through earlier levels or earlier difficulties, but I find that once it gets going and ramps up the progression, like I haven't quite found my, I think when we talked about Doom Eternal, I mean, it's not Doom Eternal hard. I don't want to make that, uh, <laughs> I don't want to equate that, but like, I haven't quite found my rhythm of like when to dodge or when to use a ranged weapon or like how to come in with the sword, but I'm really enjoying it. And I want to get my kids in playing with me as well. Cause I think it's a I game think it that needs, they It needs enjoy. to, it needs to be co. I think that you, I wanted to be playing with you. I think we should have been playing together. It, I feel like the co-op maybe wouldn't feel like that, you know? Because yeah. I, I, I've played it a bunch solo too, and it does it, it does get hard. There's, they swarm you, man, those yes. whatever they're called. Creepers and every yeah, – yeah. It, it's – yeah, it gets hard and like there's – and I don't know what they're called, but like spawn cubes where it's like they're infinitely spawning characters. You need to get over to them. Like it, it is no joke, but again um, – you and I have been accused of being Microsoft fanboys. Jeff. Have we? I, th- I thought we were Sony fanboys. I can never keep up with where my bias is, according to the audience. <laughs> Atari Twenty Six Hundred is where it is. Yeah, um, dude. Uh, combat forever for life. Vision fanboys. <laughs> but I'm I'm very excited about this week's PlayStation Five reveal trailer. Which, when we talk about Jeff, we got to have the hype train, and hopefully, it does live up to expectations. Uh, oh yeah, bumper Don't play But this. Dunge- Microsoft Dun- Microsoft Dungeon, Minecraft Dungeons, Ori, Streets of Rage 4, like so many of the games we're talking about that are, I think we'll talk about at the end of the year, are all on Game Pass. It is yeah, absolutely man. incredible. And if you have Game Pass, check out Minecraft Dungeons 100%. If you don't have Game Pass and you want a game to play with the family, get Game Pass and, and you know do a month <laughs> of Game Pass for Minecraft Dungeons. I think, and again, I haven't finished it, but I think it's that good. I think it's the care I should say is, is that high. The quality of the game is that high and it did not need to be, you know, this could have been little mermaid Two direct to DVD, you know, (laughs) can I tell you my biggest problem with it? It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing, but tell me if this resonates at all with either of you guys. Uh, I felt really frustrated and unhappy that the Minecraft Dungeons world was not destructible. It has that aesthetic, and I love it. I think, I, you know, I love Lego. I love that, that sort of building block aesthetic in lots of things. And I think, I think grand Minecraft creations, as we talked about just a couple of weeks ago with that, that big city that, oh, yeah. that has been made, I think those things are beautifully, beautiful, like objectively beautiful as just blocky compositions and i think this game in my opinion is beautiful is beautiful yeah but also it feels like i should be able to blow it up it feels like i should be able to knock down trees and shoot 
things and break things and bust up buildings and like I can in Minecraft. I can deform the environment. And the fact that I can't in this game, I, it like rubbed me really wrong. Hmm. I didn't go in with those expectations. So that didn't bump for me. I feel like it's a difficult, I imagine it was a difficult decision to make. Cause it's like, if you can do that, then can you craft? Can you like, how far right. do they take it? And it's not sure Minecraft. So I think, I think they struck the right balance in terms of, you know, simplicity. It's not a simple game. You are specking out your character and you can upgrade things, but in terms of what the game they're delivering, I, I think they went the right route. Would I love it if it had Red Faction or Crackdown style destructibility? Of course, I love games like that. Um, so I understand what you're saying, but yeah, that, that wasn't something that bumped for me going into it. It, just felt, it feels like the the visuals demand that for me, and and maybe I'm being unfair, but it it I guess I am familiar enough with Minecraft that it just felt like it should be able to affect the world that way. Mm. Unrelated, yeah, I think yeah, I, Peacock I, is being I haven't played it, right and now. I guess I assumed that you could. <laughs> oh, right? Uh, yeah, right? News to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't specifically think it through. I just started playing it, and I was mad when my weapons didn't do anything to stuff. You know, I just felt like this is how it should work. Uh, but also, you start with weapons, and you don't need to mine them and craft them, and, you know. Right, like, it is not Minecraft. It's just that aesthetic feels... I, I don't mean yeah. to kick a dead horse here. It's it, it's clearly me layering on something that the game never suggested. It just it, it really um gave me a a veneer of disappointment when it's not really fair of me to feel that way. But that's just how I I just was like oh this kind of well, doesn't the, the feel brand good. Carries with it certain expectations for you, right. and, and I guess yes. for me I didn't care. Like I played the Telltale game. Um, like I, I, I've seen what they're doing. I guess with this brand, maybe more, and I'm okay with it. And also, I have Minecraft. <laughs> you know, if I yeah. want that, but I would love it if they did somehow find a way to do it elegantly. But I think that is also hard to do to do that elegantly. Yeah, uh, Sharif, as somebody who has clearly has Game Pass, is there a reason that you didn't jump into this, or are you you're not interested, or what? No, I mean, I I installed it, um, and like I've been hearing. G- good things about it it's just one of those games where i don't feel like i need to play it now like i don't need yeah. to rush to play it like i'm still trying to get through um games like will of the wisps and then when mortal Kombat came out i jumped on that so yeah um yeah i don't I don't try to juggle too many games at once um so like Smart. it might be like one of the next games that i try but it's it's just not something that i feel that urge to like jump on I wish I had that discipline. See, I, I, yeah, I always try to air juggle everybody, and then I never able to pull it <laughs> off, and I lose. So, you know. <laughs> uh, speaking of more games that I'm juggling, uh, I oh, Christian, you're, that's that completes your playlist, is that right? That is every game that I've been playing. <laughs> we don't. There's not another game you want to mention that you've been playing for many hours on your playlist that you can talk about. Oh, I mean, I guess Animal Crossing is still. You know, we're still hmm. playing that. Okay, good. I'm glad I checked in. Make sure that <laughs> my wife's house has bugs, and my kids are very upset about it. <laughs> Sharif, are you? You're a Nintendo slash Switch fan. Huh? I wouldn't want to use fanboy, but maybe maybe that applies too. Are you? Uh, are you playing the Animal Crossing? Are you? Are you one of those people that has been hooked by that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I, I haven't um I've gotten off of it for a little bit. I mean, I kind of like went pretty hard uh, early on. Um, I up fully upgraded my house. I terraformed my island. I pretty much had enough money for mostly anything I wanted. Um, so I just took a little break. 
Um, one reason I took a break also was because I I wanted certain villagers to leave my island, <laughs> and, and you kind of have to you know if like you d- don't want to time travel, you have to kind of like ignore them for a while. Yeah. So, so I was like, all right, I'll just ignore the game for like about five days and come back and see what's up. So it's the same way you get rid of gingivitis, you ignore it and it goes away. Exactly. Kidding. That's a, that's a reference to a very old eighties cartoon. Um, the, uh, the, the other question I have for you, I guess I have, I have to ask you Nintendo things cause you're here. Uh, and it, you know, there are Nintendo things that have happened recently. Um, Paper Mario origami King. Are you excited about this? Very yeah, very excited. <laughs> very excited. I love I think it's a great series. Like it it is like I know that like people say like man they just keep making these uh Mario games but there's something different about the Paper Mario series. Um I've loved all of them. You know. Yeah. Um even the last one on the 3DS, I don't think a lot of people really played the uh Sticker Star one I thought was like pretty good. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, yeah, yeah, but I just love the art style. I, you know, I, I just love how how like kind of like the the um, Mario and like a Luigi series. It's like kind of sillier, you mm-hmm. know, and like it yeah. makes fun of itself and that kind of thing, which I really like. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 pretty hyped for it. Awesome. Uh, let me uh, before I get to my playlist. Let me just stop real quick and thank our next sponsor, which is Brooklyn and my sheets, my sheets. Oh man, you know uh, I haven't left my house in months, and so when you're home a lot, you want to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? I want to be comfortable. Staying comfortable is the best way to stay productive, I think. And uh, I have. I've been so grateful to have my Brooklyn and sheets uh, crawling into them after a long night of podcasting or uh, working from home is just the best thing in the world. It's got that luxury level of comfort without that luxury level of price. You like, you like softness? Huh? Do you like essentials that help you relax? Do you like comfort? I bet you do. Brooklyn and has all those things. Brooklyn and.com is the perfect place to find all the comforts for your home. And face it, we're all home way more. And so I'm sure you're realizing maybe your uh, your towel, your bath towel isn't is maybe a little older than you want it to be, isn't as soft and fluffy as it once was. Maybe your sheets are a little scratchier than you like. Maybe you're realizing, hey, this doesn't feel great. This doesn't make me feel refreshed and comfortable all the time. This is the time to jump in, get new, comfortable stuff at brooklinen.com. They're having their biggest event of the year, their birthday sale. It's happening, and you don't want to miss it. You can get incredible savings on sheets, beddings, towels, loungewear, and their newest hammam and linen collections. Hammam. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's important. Uh, they have their newest collections. I love my, I have multiple Brooklinen sheets, genuinely, wholeheartedly, the best sheets I have ever had and so soft. I will not go back. I will not go back to my pre-Brooklyn in life. Um, and, and I want you to feel that way too. So even if you're listening after the birthday sale ends, you can still get 10% off your first order and free shipping on all the new sheets, comforters, whatever you buy there, bedding, towels, loungewear, Use our promo code, which is DLC, only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com. Promo code D 
LC at checkout, get you 10% off Brooklyn and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. All right. My playlist that we've already talked about several of the things I've been playing this week, but I want to add one more. As I said, I've been trying uh, to the last few weeks, really highlight indie games. There are so many great ones right now. And here is another one that just came out last week. Uh, It's called Wildfire. And this is a 2D platformer stealth game, which is an interesting combination. It's got this pixel art aesthetic that is quite beautiful. Um, and it is, there's a lot of, uh, making jumps and, and doing platformy type stuff. You also have elemental powers, which is pretty rad. You start out with fire and you get water and earth later. Um, and the game has sort of emergent gameplay elements where these levels, there are baddies that you have to circumvent. You have to get around in some way. You have to uh, sneak by them without them seeing you because basically if they see you they can kill you very very easily uh and you you can hide in bushes you can uh, hang from ledges and try to uh, avoid them that way uh you can you know jump over them around them climb down vines across bridges all kinds of stuff and you can manipulate the environment with your cool elemental powers uh the fire for example which is the first thing you get you have to actually absorb flame. You can't create flame. You can only manipulate flame, toss it around. And, and there's a whole RPG system of leveling up your, your various elemental powers and um, do various things with them. But you can't just create fire. You have to, there has to be a campfire or a torch or somewhere. And you absorb it, and then you can carry it for a while and then toss it at other areas and catch those things on fire and much of these environments are uh, are destructible. Fire creates smoke, which has its own effects on the bad guys. And you can make smoke um, hang around in enclosed spaces, which will cause them to be unable to see you or cause them to choke. It's pretty cool how creative you can end up being with the way you approach the levels, with how you... Um, get from point A to point B, because most of it is getting from point A to point B. There's also a lot of escorting of people through places, which um, is a little tedious, but also is kind of the game, right? That's that's what you're doing is figuring out pathways, figuring out how to uh, hoodwink the, the bad guys into not knowing where you are, into setting something on fire so they get freaked out and scared, uh, and then we'll do something dumb to so you can pass by. All that's it's very clever, and then you can get you know get water powers. You can sort of freeze them and and freeze over um, bodies of water and do cool things. It's a really clever game. It's got a very fun aesthetic. It doesn't feel like anything else. You are you are. It's almost like each level is a little puzzle, and a puzzle with multiple solutions. You, you really can be creative with how you solve it. And I really like it. This game is called Wildfire. My only, my biggest criticism with it, honestly, is that it leans a little too much into the puzzliness because it really does stop down after each level and give you a a set of stats and how you did and um, uh, show you sort of side goals that you could have achieved. And you can get extra 
RPG currency to upgrade your character if you achieve more of the side goals. And I found myself annoyed at want at the wanting to do the side goals because sometimes the side goals force you into a particular strategy or force you to do things that are much more difficult or counterproductive. But the carrot on the end of that stick was so attractive that I found myself doing those things even though I didn't really want to be doing them. And I also, it, I don't know, it kind of bugs me when these days, when games stop down after each level and sort of give you a, a ranking and a, a status report of how you did. I thought back to a game we have talked about a lot on this episode, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which also sort of feels like a puzzle a lot of the times. It feels like a, a stage or a section of the level is a puzzle and how do you get from point A to point B and how exactly do you accomplish it? And you have to sort of think just as much as you have to be dexterous, you know? Um, but because the levels are all interconnected and you just seamlessly go from one to the next in this big ever evolving tapestry of a world, it feels more like I'm in a place and I'm experiencing a story rather than I'm doing a level in a video game that is judging me on how I do. And I just prefer that kind of experience to the, to that report card thing, you know? Yeah. I think um, it depends on the game. Like I think a testament to mortal Kombat 11 and aftermath as well. Like that story just keeps going. Like I found it hard to stop playing it because it just kind of keeps going. You, you win a fight, but then the next cutscene immediately starts and it's really interesting and compelling. Um, and I really liked that approach. But I also really enjoy Bayonetta and, and like Devil May Cry style games where it's so intense and it's like an action combat. And I like seeing, you know, I very rarely get the S rank or whatever, but it's it's satisfying to see. So I think for me, it depends on on what style of game it is and maybe how important that scoring is to kind of the replay loop potentially. How do you feel about it, Sharif? Because I, I, I think... Even the references that Christian made of Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, and I don't know of any game that gives me a ranking where I'm like, I'm so glad that game gave me a ranking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I'm, I'm a Christian on it. Like, I think it depends on the game. Like, in Bayonetta, definitely, like, like when you're juggling combos and you're using that rank to, like, you know, to buy things, you know, to level up and buy things. Like, I feel like in that case it like is good because and, and it does kind of section off the uh, levels a bit. Um, I do like the immersion though of like a Ori or like a hollow Knight, where it just seems like you're just like effortlessly flowing from like, uh, from like one place to like another, but the game has to go for that kind of atmosphere, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. if it's like more about like, uh, you want that boost of like happiness from beating a, uh, tough battle then i think that like the ranking stuff works yeah yeah I, I mean i guess it's a motivator the thing of like oh i could have done better i could have there are things that i didn't accomplish that people can one can <laughs> um but i i don't know i've i've never i i think i always find those things to be a little too vague for my taste you know it, it says you got to see rank Okay, well, how, what could I have done better? What, in, upon what criteria are you basing this? Um, and I guess, you know, you can intuit a lot of those types of games, as you said, juggling characters or stringing together longer combos. But, and to be fair, Wildfire doesn't really do that thing, but still it's that, it's the sectioning off of stuff. It, it just feels like 
there's a cooler world here and I want to feel like I'm in it rather than constantly stopping and being like, here's the checklist of things you didn't do. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. That's just my own. It's a nit that I'm picking clearly uh, to a game that I think is really clever, very much worth checking out. It's called Wildfire. Again, it's a, not a full price game. It's not a expensive endeavor, but one that looks like, you know, it looks great. It, 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 uh, it has tons of replayability and it is uh, a clever, different kind of idea that I think people should pay attention to. Again, it's called Wildfire. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested because I saw that it says it has same screen co-op support. Yes, um, that's and right. I'm, and I'm always looking for stuff to play with my wife. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I think like this kind of game with the co-op thing kind of reminds me a bit of that old game, uh, uh, th- Three Vikings, like a Blizzard's uh, right, yeah, yeah, game that like kind of like puzzle game where you team together to solve puzzles. So yeah, I might, I might check this out for the uh, co-op part of it. Yeah, it's fifteen bucks on Steam. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think it's the the lead designer is a is a former uh, game journalist as well. Um, really, really smart, cool game. I mean, just uh, just checking out how the smoke is animated in this game, the fire, uh, how it spreads, uh, the systems in the game. Really, really clever and um, attractive. It's it's cool. Wildfire. All right. Uh, let's move on now. We do have uh, some VR to chat about, so let's jump in and do a little VR talk. Sharif, you've been playing some VR. Uh, where would you like to start? I'll start with No Man's Sky, uh, the game that keeps on giving. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it literally, like, I can't think of a game outside of uh, probably Destiny and The Division that has had me continue to come back during big, like, releases and expansions. Like, Yeah, and they don't Sky. charge for their extra stuff. You know, yeah, almost, exactly. Almost everything has been free for No Man's Sky. Yeah, which, I don't know, I mean, I don't know how they're paying their devs, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, they, they said, hey, like, we're dropping mechs. I said you're dropping mechs. I'm back in. You know, I <laughs> I had already started a new game when they came out with the uh, VR version because they also made a whole bunch of like improvements to the actual like story in a campaign because like like before it was this very ambiguous thing and like they like kind of made it a lot easier to like a follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I jump back in. It's still it is a fantastic VR game. Um, I mean, it is just one, it's one of my favorite VR experiences that I've played. Yeah. Um, like it might not be the quote unquote best one, but like, uh, for me, it just hits all the right notes, you know, in, yeah. in, in that, um, I don't know, something about a game that I previously spent a lot of hours in with a mouse and keyboard and then jumping in like uh, virtually, I mean, it just m- makes me love it on an, on another level, especially when I'm in space. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, it just feels like nothing else. I mean, Being in like that I know, yeah, it's so perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I know, there's like you know, Elite Dangerous and other games like sure. that that do it a, a little better. But man, it just feels so good. It just feels so good. So like I would highly advise if uh, you know if like you have not 
jump back in to check out the mechs in a No Man's Sky to jump back in for sure. All right, you sold me. I'm doing it this week. I have not checked out the mechs in No Man's Sky. And uh, actually, I thought I was going to be putting tons of hours in it when it finally was released on VR. And I, I put a few in and I got sidetracked. I, I really need to go back to that game again and uh, visit Christian's home planet. Because in VR, I feel like <laughs> all the improvements you put in, Christian, would just really show. You know, you can visit other people's places now. You know, they, they made that possible. So I don't think anyone needs I don't. My planet's hopefully been wiped from. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> still there just been taken over by weeds by like <laughs> the the overgrown for yeah, the bats <laughs> yeah uh, um uh unfortunately i can't say the same with half-life alex uh and it's not that it's a bad game i mean i've been what? playing it i think i think the production levels are phenomenal but it is the first vr game that i've ever played that has made me sick wow i'm it is really, the first, the first VR heard game that. Yeah. Now, like, I am wow. trying to play it with, like, you know, all the motion on. So, like, no warping yeah. and stuff like that, because that's how I feel like if I'm playing in VR, that's how I want to play it. And I can't do it. Have like, you played play play other games with, with none of the warping on and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I don't know it's what it is. I, I don't know if it's just because it's, like, that good, like, that immersive. Yeah. That my brain is, like, what's going on here? But it is like I can play it for maybe thirty minutes, and then and then my stomach's like, no. <laughs> I'm so sad to hear that. That's the first time I've heard that with that game. Wow. I'm yeah, bummed. yeah. I mean, it's 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 just it's just me. I mean, it's it's just like a well, person thing. I don't think it's yeah, a game. It's so I'm probably gonna try it with the warping on because, yeah. like, you know, I mean, what I played was phenomenal. You know, yeah. like it really felt like, hey, like they really nailed this. But yeah, I was really disappointed because I. I I pretty much you know thought that I was in, invulnerable to the <laughs> VR like queasiness, but oh but man, with uh, Half Life. Well, now I'm bummed out. That's uh, I hope I hope that the teleporting works for you because I haven't I haven't tried the game teleporting, but I imagine it would still be pretty great. So yeah, I'm sure, but I just you know I just want to. I just want to play it as I feel like it was meant to be played. You know? Oh yeah, I mean there there are sections where you want to like you have to crawl around in things and go slowly, and it it does feel like creeping your way around a you know a darkened cellar where you only have your flashlight to guide you, and there's creepy crawlies all around. Is is yeah, it's pretty good. But uh, well, I hope I hope the next time you're on, you're like, oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna... that you have to feel that way. I'm but Jeff won't ask you back if you're not like that. So <laughs> <laughs> there's only one rule on this show. Um, well, I have been playing uh, a, a VR game that is not new, but I somehow never really played it until uh, a buddy of mine uh, called me up. And was like, "Hey, man, we haven't hung out in a long time. It's you know we're all locked down in quarantine." Wouldn't it be great to to play a multiplayer VR game where you and I and somebody else can hang out? Uh, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Do you have any suggestions? And, you know, we talked about raw data and you know, there's a, there's a number of really great multiplayer rec room is a great multiplayer VR game. He's like, no, have you played carnage chronicles? And I said, no, I have not played carnage chronicles. He's like, oh, I'm buying it for you. We're doing this. So he and I, and a third friend of ours got in and played carnage chronicles and how I missed this game. I will never know. It is exactly my jam. It is a VR 
dungeon crawling fantasy game with all the trappings of a great RPG dungeon crawler. Uh, you know, you go to the store and you buy you you buy cool weapons, you equip them, you defeat monsters who give you who can drop cool weapons themselves or drop money. Then you go back, you buy cooler things, and you keep going. I mean, I love these games. I love these kinds of games. Uh, there are two different classes in the game, a warrior and an archer. Unfortunately for us, on the night we played all together, the three of us, we all, unbeknownst to the others, selected archer as our class. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all three archers, and I think our night would have gone much smoother if we'd had at least one warrior with us to be a tank to soak up a lot of that damage. <laughs> but we were all trying to stand in the back and pew, pew, pew at the bad guys. <laughs> and this game gets brutal i mean there are a lot of different difficulty settings we were playing on normal it has a like hard and then like i think two above that it has like impossible as a difficulty level we found normal to be utterly brutal and again not smart people because we should have just stopped had somebody change class to warrior and start over but you kind of have to do a, a few things with the class you select before you can jump into multiplayer so it, it would have been a little bit of a hassle we all prepared it's like okay we're gonna play this on such and such a night so jump in play an hour as your character get everything ready and get ready for multiplayer and we all did without telling each other what we what class we picked and we just all picked archer uh <laughs> which is just hilarious uh but also it was a binary choice you know it was 50 50 chance um so the game i mean the game is very fun you, you are uh going through these really very well detailed unreal engine environments caves and uh you know um uh, temples and and there are goblins and uh werewolf dogs and uh you know all kinds of the spiders and all kinds of stuff coming at you and they are coming at you man it, it, the the intelligent bad guys like the uh like the goblins do this devilish thing where they can dodge at the last second your arrows i've never seen a video game do this truly uh where they're like coming at you coming at you and they like they like Neo, you know, it's like Neo from the Matrix. They're like, whoa, oh, wow. whoa, 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 as arrows are coming by him. So you have these cool strategies where you're like, okay, I'm going to shoot an arrow at it to get it to try to duck underneath. And you shoot low as it ducks underneath so we can still get a headshot. Oh, wow. Really fun stuff like that. That's they cool. do a lot of, cl yeah, it's super cool. I literally never seen a game do it quite like that. Uh, they have, you know, enemies placed in fun spots, like hiding behind doors. So you go in a room and then there's an enemy behind it. It, it's it's pretty well designed also the enemies can be dumb <laughs> where you know you walk into a room there's 10 of them and they all come running at you and so it's just like oh run and it can be very overwhelming very fast i think the idea is that you need to have a warrior who runs in the center with a shield and absorbs a lot of that while the archers stand in the back and pew pew we were all just like backpedaling wildly and shooting <laughs> arrows as fast as we could and uh you know by halfway through we were uh we were getting killed pretty pretty frequently but it was good fun man and and co-op in vr is such a great experience it, there's really nothing like it i know that co-op games in general are fun yes i love hanging out playing destiny playing division playing all those games, hanging out with your friends, playing World of Warcraft for that matter. Just hanging out with your friends on chat and playing a game is great fun. Being in the same virtual environment, seeing them move 
around seeing their, you know, being able to wave at them or have hand gestures that do certain things. That level of immersion, if anybody's played Star Trek Bridge Crew or any of those multiplayer VR games, it is next level. And so, you know, this was this was great fun, even if we got obliterated pretty quick. Uh, but we want to, you know, I think we're going to we're planning to have another night uh, where one of us plays at least one of us plays a warrior. I'm sure next time we'll all log on and we'll all be warriors and then it'll be <laughs> ridiculous in a different way. Um, but it's cool, man. The game looks great. Uh, the levels, like I said, are, are challenging and there's new enemies, uh, frequently and there's, you know, you're, you're trying to accumulate more and more stuff. So it's got a cool game gameplay loop. Um, and it has a story. Uh, I wasn't really clued in much to the story cause we're kind of co-oping it and fast forwarding through a lot of the dialogue, but you have this cool, like Skeksis looking guy who's telling you about the world and asking you to go through portals and do cool stuff. Uh, I was very impressed with Carnage Chronicles. Uh, we were playing it on Steam, but I think it's also available on Oculus Store as well. All right, that's going to do it for VR Talk. And uh, for this episode, I want to thank our last sponsor, which is the Gaming Ride Home. The Gaming Ride Home podcast is the one podcast video game obsessives listen to every day. It is video game news, all the headlines, rumors, reviews, Hardware leaks, release date confirmations, and more all delivered to you every day at 5 p.m. The host, the show is hosted by former Game Informer and IGN legend Kyle Hilliard, and it's only 15 to 20 minutes long. It's like the too long didn't read as a service. Kyle is online all day reading all the tweets, checking all the rumor blogs, consolidating all the chatter around the entire world of gaming so that he can catch you up on everything that happened while you were busy living life. So if you need a daily dose of video game news in your life every day, Search your podcast app right now and subscribe to the Gaming Ride Home. All right, we do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Sharif Jackson, thank you so much for being here, sir. Fun as usual. Thank you so much. You're always always a blast. All right, man. Uh, where can people keep up with you and your goings-on online? Yeah, so uh, SharifJackson.com, S-H-A-R-E-E-F, Jackson.com. Uh, that has uh, all my website stuff, my about page, all my links to all my other ongoing uh, projects, such as where I was a Waterdeep um, and my YouTube page and all that good stuff. Um, you can also follow me at Sharif Jackson on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Um, and uh, as I said at, at the beginning of the show, Rivals of Waterdeep, uh, our D&D show, um, comes back on June 21st. Uh, it's on, <clears throat> sorry, um, on every, sun every Sunday at uh, noon central um, on twitch.tv slash D&D. And uh, they'll be singing, evidently, the next time you see them. So, yes, singing. Yes, yes, <laughs> I can't yes, wait to see that. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't even know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of scared, but we'll see. <laughs> I love it. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Um, this is an official Last of Us podcast that premieres June 9th. That's not for a little while still. Um, we opened the show with it. We talked about games. I am going to be doing more to support um, my community. Uh, Black Lives Matter. And I would encourage everybody to do the same, to find a way to support their community. Um, know Your Rights Camp is an organization that I have um, 
Liked, founded by Colin Kaepernick. Also, Southern Poverty Law Center is an organization I have been close with since my time working as an attorney. And there are many, many more out there that are worthwhile. And I would encourage you to find ways to support your community and um, do the right thing. And that's going to be the bulk of, of my week. It is an emotional week, and I will I will leave it at that. Very cool. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I have several other shows for you to listen to, including a show about movies and TV shows called the Slash Filmcast, which you can find at slashfilmcast.com. I have a show uh, that is a comedy science show. It'll teach you something and make you laugh a little bit while doing it. In fact, this week's episode, it's called We Have Concerns. You can find it at wehaveconcerns.com. And this week's episode, uh, one of my favorite ones, we talk about maybe what will be the theory of everything, which is pretty great. Uh, Pretty great. Um, Like the movie? Yeah, yeah, the movie. No, the, a potential like theory of all things, like like a simple theory of there's the Academy Award winning. Uh... No man, it's it's uh, combining quantum mechanics with general relativity. Man, come on. Yeah, come on, come on, Christian. <laughs> I just know the movies. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, check that out. We have concerns.com. Also, I do a, a Dungeons and Dragons show as well. Uh, Shweef and I high-fiving as DMs. Uh, you know, we, we, this, Christian doesn't really get to hang out with us because we're DMing. But um, I do a show called The Dungeon Run, which you can find actually this week. You can find it on IGN. IGN picked up an episode and uh, promoted it for us. And I'm really so proud of that. So you check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, so, so happy. Uh, you can check out the IGN version. You can find that on, on IGN.com. Uh, we were on their homepage for a while. I'm sure you can find it easily. You can also find it on their YouTube um, uh, channel, the IGN YouTube channel. We are there. So if you see it there, we're, we're hoping that they're going to continue uh, partnering with us. So that would, it would be great if you checked out our show, which is really uh, a fun show. Um, you can also listen to it as an audio podcast or when we record live on Caffeine, you can check us out Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run. All right. Also, hey, if you want to email us here at this show, you can do so at uh, dlcfeedback at gmail.com or check out our Discord. We have a DLC Discord that's been around for years and I just uh, just became a member of it uh, just a few weeks ago. So uh, I'm, I'm talking now about that. Now it matters. <laughs> Well, it matters. <laughs> now it matters. Uh, uh, I apologize to the lovely community that built was built up despite me, <laughs> but uh, but I'm now uh, um, I've discovered Discord's a thing. Everybody, Discord. Who knew? Um, and I love it. So uh, grateful to all the folks hanging out in the Discord, and hope you will check out our DLC Discord group as well. We also have a subreddit. Um, lots of wonderful people uh, talking about video games and other stuff. So check that out. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Sharif, do you have some ch- something to uh, help people get through their week? Yeah. Uh, if you like music, uh, Versus, which is Z's instead of the S's. I know, annoying Z's. Um, but it's been a pretty cool... Um, initiative that was uh started by uh the producer swizz beats and uh, timbaland um and they've basically been like putting like fan favorite groups um where they each have to play 
20 of their uh, best songs and they get on uh, Instagram live and they go back and forth and they share stories and they laugh and they celebrate each other. And it's just fantastic. Um, They had uh, like the RZA and DJ premiere, which was great. They had Erica Badu and Jill Scott, Um, you know, so so like uh, they've, they've like had a lot of these iconic, um, hip hop and uh R and B groups, uh mostly from I would say like the um eighties and the nineties. Um so um yes yeah, it's, it's just a, a good fun thing um to like uh, you know to like uh, focus on instead of all the craziness in the world. So um if you go to I believe it's like versus online on like uh, Twitter, they have like all the schedule and like all that stuff. It's like a bunch of fun. Um, awesome. So I would suggest you check it out. Yeah, I feel yeah, like if yeah. you haven't watched it, you've probably seen clips from it because there's always like a few things that seem to go viral out of each time they get people together. And there's yeah. the whole show, like the whole episodes are, are worth watching. It's really incredible. Dude, the Ludacris versus Nelly is the first one I saw. And I was like, this is yeah. fun. <laughs> Very cool. Again, that's versus, versus, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Versus? Yeah, with Z's. Uh, Christian Spicer, what about you? You got a parting gift? I do. One is broad and the other is, you know, I don't feel good about it, but I am going to recommend it. Uh, journaling is the broad one. Um, I think especially always, not even especially now, but I, I think it's worthwhile. I like putting pen to paper, which I know is you know not the fastest way to do it, but it helps slow me down. And I would encourage others to maybe try to do the same and slow down and connect. Um, and I find journaling is helpful no matter what it is that you're writing. Just give yourself, you know, five, 10 minutes is all it needs to be. The one that I'm like, <laughs> but I'm going to recommend it because I don't think they've done a good job with how they transitioned to it. But HBO Max is out and it's, I mean, it's like everything HBO plus friends, you know, basically. You may already have it. Exactly. You may already have it. Who knows? You might have already, apps have already been forced updated to it and then you lost your playlist, um, which is very frustrating. <laughs> it might not be available on your device, but that being said, I, I am enjoying HBO Max so far where it's the same price that my HBO Now subscription was, and it added a whole bunch of content. So, so far, so good. But I, I do find the messaging and the rollout has been um, less than clear and less than ideal. But there's there's good stuff to be watched in, out there, and I'd recommend you know trying to find some of the lesser-known things that um, exist in the library and HBO Max that are a lot yeah, of they have. Criterion collection, which is pretty amazing to have there yeah. as part of a subscription. And also friends. I like to think, <laughs> and also friends. I like to think of it as a guy named Max who's just like, I, uh, I'm HBO Max. How you doing? I'm HBO Max. Uh, you? Anyway. They cut me out of Soprano, so I bought the company. <laughs> HBO Max. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> uh, we got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This was sent by Daniel Walsh. Daniel says, Hello, all. So the 15th was the end of one of my favorite shows ever. Netflix's She-Ra and the Princess of Power. It was something I know no- I knew nothing about when it came out, but I gave it a try because the poster looked really cool. And then I was hooked pretty much right away. It has a super interesting world with deep and well-rounded characters, beautiful art and animation, and strong themes. It's five seasons of 13 episodes each. And two seasons are really one split in half. So don't be intimidated by the length. Thank you very much, Daniel. Very cool. She-Ra on Netflix. Have either of you guys watched any of this? I have not. 
I started I'm it. Not either. I, I tried to watch it with the girls, but they are poke maniacs right now, mm. and <laughs> it's it, and have been. So it's hard to do anything else. But it is the animation is really great, and I didn't get far enough. I think we did two episodes before they bounced off, but I want to get back to it. I mean, I'm old enough that I used to watch the old Shira in real time as it was being released, but I I, uh, I have not checked out this new one, and I've heard it's very good. As yeah, as Daniel was saying, yeah, check I've it heard out. Great things. Yeah, check it out. Give it a shot. I, I, for me, as an old, also, it did. I'm like, this isn't Shira. Like, it's you know, a, a retelling. It's not what I remembered, at least. But if you do give it time, stick with it because I also have heard it's incredible. Cool. Uh, my parting gift is a YouTube channel that needs probably none of my uh, help. <laughs> it's it's very uh, very popular. It's got millions of subscribers. But I didn't know about it until a friend of the show, Danish Syed, told me about it. Uh, and now it is basically, it's kind of my, my soul food. It, is, it, it nourishes my soul uh, when things are feeling very out of control in this topsy-turvy world we are in now. And I can't bear looking at the news uh, very much longer. At the end of the night, when I'm not watching The Last Dance, <laughs> now that I've finished The Last Dance, <laughs> I now... Watch Luke Towen on YouTube. Luke Towen is a, an Australian, I believe, uh, who he builds scale models, like uh, like train models, uh, and does it incredibly. Builds these just insanely detailed, tiny scale versions of various things, buildings towns waterfalls you name it he has built it and it is extraordinary to watch it is a very step-by-step process there's no frills he's just monologuing over the top of it it's very much you know it's very much like bob ross but without the sort of uh you know hippiness of it it's it's just a matter of fact instruction of how to do the most extraordinary things and it is he demonstrates a level of patience and attention to detail that I find superhuman. And it is so beyond me <laughs> to be able to be that patient and work in that kind of detail. I'm just, I'm just rubbish at arts and crafts anyway. And to see someone take the time and at the steadiness of hand to make something out of nothing, something that is objectively beautiful and the step-by-step process of doing it, it just, it just really calms my mind. And you see the process, you see the skill, you see the, the creation of something that he has control over, you know, and I just cannot recommend it more. It's Luke Towen, T-O-W-A-N on YouTube. You will be blown away. He also photographs the models in a way that makes them look real so it's really neat to see something he made and then you you can look at a photo of it and it looks like an act the actual it's it's mind blowing and you know I've talked many times on the show about my love of little diorama things and this is totally scratching that itch so check it out yeah all right that's going to do it for this episode of DLC thanks again to Sharif Jackson and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us in real time. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those cool bumpers. Thank you to each and every one of you. 
for listening. We appreciate you and we hope uh, this has been a, a nice respite for a little while. But remember, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. <laughs>